hey, just a warning, this podcast contains some adult language. So if you've got little ears around, beware. So it goes like this. You've been in a relationship for a while and things are good. Well, well, they're okay. And then you're out with your friends and you get chatting to someone. And it's a little bit flirty. But it feels good. Intoxicating. It feels like a light has turned on inside you and something about this person makes you feel better, brighter, happier. And for a minute you think, could I? Would I go there? You let yourself run away with the fantasy for a bit. You weigh it up. What would happen if I went for it? But you aren't a bad person. So why are you tempted? I was with a different partner and there was a guy that I worked with and he used to, you know, give me really clear indications that he wanted to sleep with me and that that was available to me and he knew that I had a partner at the time. And I used to go and hang out at his house and play cards with him. The act of going to his house and hanging out with him and playing cards was so erotic and wrong and it felt like a huge transgression. Um, was just at home, you know, doing my thing with my kids and just probably on Facebook and I got a message from him like in my other messages on Facebook and he was he was finding a way into my inbox. Mm. <laughs> Obviously I was a bit excited to get that message. We've spoken to three women. All of them have cheated on their partners. We've changed their names. And can I tell you, it was really hard to find three people willing to speak to us. But this is the podcast where we can talk about this stuff. We hear a lot about men who cheat. Oh, they just want sex. It's their biological imperative. They need to spread their seed. He's just one of those guys, blah, blah, blah. But what about women who cheat? The stats are pretty unreliable, but in the US they reckon that while the number of men cheating has pretty much stayed the same for decades, the number of women cheating has risen by 40% in the last 30 years. Finally, a gender gap that's closing. I'm Yumi Steins. Ladies, we need to talk about women who cheat. For so long in history, there's been a double standard about this. That's Esther Perel. She's a psychotherapist from the States and she thinks women are more able to cheat than ever before. Women were imposed upon to remain faithful and monogamous. Men have often practically had a licence to cheat. Today there is a greater economic independence on the part of women. There is less of a fear of destitution and ostracism and a scarlet letter. Women have begun to express their desires in ways that are more similar to men. Rebecca Summer regularly counsels women having affairs. She's an Australian psychologist and says the taboo all comes down to how women are conditioned. Girls are raised to be good. It's important to be a good girl. A girl is taught that her value is in her being good, looking after a man, doing the right thing, almost as though she's somehow more immune to temptation than men. That idea that men are just sowing their wild oats 
has been supported by evolutionary and biological theory for a long time. So for a woman to do it is somehow a lot more confronting. And I think also there's that virgin whore dichotomy. She's either good or bad. The women that I've worked with who are having affairs, they often sit there with their head in their hands just saying, this isn't me. And they try and implore me to understand that they're actually good and this is the first time. And and I can see that that's what they're really grappling with, is that I don't even know how I got here. So that's what women experience. What about Mm -hmm. men? Why is it different for men? And and what sort of things attracts them to being unfaithful? The Kinsey Institute in 2011 did a really interesting study into this and they were looking at infidelity in heterosexual couples and predictors of infidelity. What they found was 23.2% of men are unfaithful, 19.2% of women. So we're talking about 4% difference between men and women. Do you hear that? They're nearly the same. The gap is closing, but the female perspective is kind of an unheard story. There's been such a focus on men's infidelity and not so much on women. So in, in a way, it's kind of a male entitlement that women will be faithful. It's almost something that's sort of been taken for granted as though women don't have hot blood running through their veins as well. <laughs> hot blood running through your veins? Or in Selena's case... Trembling hands upon a steering wheel. Driving home, I, I clearly remember the moment I got in my car and we'd say goodbye, just a hug. I was like shaking on the way home, going, oh crap, <laughs> crap. <laughs> Selena was married with two kids, the classic good girl. She'd literally only ever slept with her husband. And then one day, she got chatting to this guy. It- started as literally friendly conversation. Obviously, I was a bit excited to get that message. It was purely friendship-based, but that, yeah, that one message turned into 4,000 Facebook messages. Kind of went to the point where we just had to talk every day. Like, if I did something, I would message him, vice versa. After a few months of innocent online banter, they meet up. So I had my one-year-old with me, and we met for coffee and then we, yeah, so we had this day together and that was probably where it kind of got a bit like, oh, crap, I think I actually really do like this person. I'm curious about your one-year-old being there too. Was that like... Right? Yeah. Ah! A chaperone or... No, it was because she wasn't in daycare that day and the other one was. I couldn't take the three-year-old because, you know, she would have said something. The one-year-old couldn't even walk at that time. You know what three-year-old's like? We went and had coffee today with this man. Huh? What? No, it was. And, like, it was like, oh, I've got to just bring my one-year-old. No, we're just coming. I'm just meeting a friend. Like, you convince yourself that it's okay. The thing about Selena is her affair was purely emotional at this stage anyway. Didn't kiss him until after the husband and I had separated. Nothing. No sex. Not even a finger bang? (laughs) Nothing. I was like, no, I'm still technically married. No, it was a full connection. And we always find other men attractive. Like, we're not blind. Like, men are, you know, we're always attracted to other people. But this was 
more than that. This was like that deeper level kind of, you know, emotional and that's harder to break away from than just being like, oh, you're so hot. Mm, totally. I just want to be, yeah, woohoo. No, emotional so hard, so hard. Emotional, that's the key word. Because here's the difference between men and women. Research shows the most common reason that men cheat is for sex. But for women, it's about meeting a need that's not being fulfilled. And sometimes we're so busy getting on with life that we don't even realise we're feeling restless. Often it's not something that they expected or were looking for. Often they kind of felt like things were fine and they were doing what they do. This is our psychologist Rebecca's take. I think particularly for a woman, what can be really intoxicating is someone who really sees her. Something pops up, a co-worker, and they just, she feels really seen and seen in a way that she's not used to being seen. And that undivided attention, I think, is what often is the big appeal. And it's more so about how she then feels about herself. And, And what we do is we attribute that to the other person. So we think, oh, this is the one or this is the person I've been looking for. But actually, it's not that we're turning away from our actual partner. It's that we're sometimes turning away from the person we've become. And there's something about an affair that sometimes can feel almost like a bridge back to yourself. I just was, I felt lit from within and people who saw me was like, oh my God, you look great. And Wow, you're looking amazing. And I you know, wasn't doing anything except being happy. <laughs> Who have you told about the affair? I reached out to this podcast and that's all. <laughs> this is Megan. We've changed her voice and her name. She has two kids. She's been married for 10 years but has been having an affair for the last two and a half years. We met through mutual friends I kept thinking about this guy and looking forward to seeing him and just spent a little bit too much time thinking about him. And and a crush started to develop and I thought about the next time I might see him. Then there was an exchange of texts which in the beginning was quite innocent and they didn't cease and it became apparent that he had been thinking about me in the same way for all that time. We arranged to go for a bit of a walk and have a chat and we kissed on that walk and mutually decided that we wanted to take things further. I I felt like I couldn't put the brakes on. I couldn't put the brakes on it. The affair sparks something in Megan. She feels good. She's excited. She starts to dress differently, walk more confidently. People at work say to her, Gosh, what have you done to yourself? And she can't tell them, but she has her mojo back. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even if it was, you know, fleeting and only within, you know, certain hours of the day that, but it was just, it just carried through. And, you know, he gave me confidence as well that had been diminished. Yeah, it's uh, certainly a, um, a giddy feeling. I suppose it amplifies the first feelings of love and lust and it's, yeah, the the emotions are are very, they run high and I just felt like that this was, that I hadn't felt like this in a very, very long time. 
That feeling, Rebecca says, can be like a drug. The thing is, once you've crossed that line, it's highly addictive and it really mirrors any other addiction. It's it's a hit like no other and that's how people report it. They feel more alive than ever. They feel vital. They feel like their true selves. And that feeling alone is highly, highly addictive. So to walk away from that feeling is actually almost impossible. And that's what people often report is this real feeling of aliveness. And in a sense, that's the intoxicating aspect of an affair is because by the very nature of it, it's unobtainable. So it always keeps you wanting more. There are rules around this affair. They go to great lengths to keep it hidden. They've walked right past one another in the street and not even cast a sideways glance. They don't lunch in the vicinity of their workplaces. It's too risky. Gifts are bought with cash. They don't drive on toll roads because toll roads mean photos and records. They clear their Google search histories and they call each other via FaceTime so calls aren't tracked. Real phone calls are off limits. The normal channels of communication within a relationship are just, they're, they're just not there. So, I, you know, you can't kind of expect a Merry Christmas phone call or Happy New Year I know that there'd be listeners out there that think, well, what do you want, our sympathy? And that's not, that's not the case. It's just that there are things you accept are not part of your relationship. I'm curious, how often do you see each other? Nearly every day. Megan, what do you get from the affair? I get someone who is my closest friend and who understands more of me than anyone else that's in my life. It's not just about the sex, it's not just about the intimacy, it's just having that person who who just gets 100% of me. That's how it feels. And then, for Megan... It was horrible. Right in the middle of this passionate affair, he gets married to another woman. It was horrible. I just thought, here's this, this man that I love and and he's embarking on a relationship with another woman and marrying her and it was it was it it felt really bad. It felt really bad and I thought, what am I doing? Why am I why am I putting myself through this? And while he was on his honeymoon there was some communication, some messages. And I realised very highly inappropriate. But the next time we spoke and the next time we saw each other it was I knew that that it hadn't changed what we had he has two relationships and I'm one of them were you tempted when he got married to just go all right that's enough yeah I was because I just thought you know I need to let this man go yeah I did think like just just let this go but I I couldn't because of what he was bringing to me at that time. I feel like there's a lot of judgment out there, particularly for women who cheat. You know, I've I've looked, I've tried to read articles online and I've tried to find other stories and they're, they're very few and far between because it's such a taboo topic. Women feel 
very judged and I and I feel like well if I can share my story you know what I go through not for sympathy but just say you know what there there's a lot of gray area here if your needs aren't being met and gradually those needs become bigger and you become more un- unhappy or dissatisfied in your marriage and you don't see a way out and then this this comes along and you think well this might bring me joy. And it is bringing you joy. It is. I, 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 love seeing, I love seeing him. It's also bringing you stress, I suspect. It is bringing me a lot of stress. But the, the pros outweigh the cons. And I, and I suppose I tell myself that as soon as that's reversed, that's it. So have you ever been close to being caught out? Yes, um, I think for him, you know, text message that was meant for me went to went to his wife. You know, it was very a very innocent text message, but just didn't make a lot of sense. Um, but you know, when that happens, it's I realise that this this relationship sits on a knife edge, and it's all well and good when it's there, but if you feel that tipping, it's not a good feeling. Does your mind ever go to his wife and what she? would be feeling at a given time? Well, right now she's not suffering and she has no knowledge of my presence in his life, so she has no... she has no suffering. I... yeah, I shoulder a lot of that and so does he. This is how I read it. There must be some level of disengagement from your partners. Oh, well, yes, for me, yeah, absolutely. I think we we are sold this idea of marriage, that you're going to get everything from one person and that, you know, you're committed for life and it's such a huge undertaking and no, and no one can give you everything. No one person can give you everything. I, I don't think I... I could get it from one person, but I had just accepted, oh, well, you know, this is marriage. And, and slowly I just felt my the lights were dimming inside me and I was on mute. I just felt like I was on mute. But, you know, you have kids and you just get on with it and, and you, you just have to suck it up. Rebecca, the psychologist, says that that feeling that you're incomplete, that you're just sucking it up, that says something. That's important. That is the warning bell for you to know, wow, I'm feeling very strongly about this. So there's something going on with me. When we're having a real reaction to someone being very nice to us or really seeing us, for me, that would be the sign not of anything that needs to happen in the outer world. I would be going straight to my inner world and going, what's going on with me? How content am I? How present am I? Do I see myself? Rather than needing someone else to see me, do I see me? Or am I like a lot of women falling into that burnt chop syndrome? You know, the idea that if we cook a bunch of chops and one burns, I give myself that one. Rebecca has a term for when women have had enough of this burnt chop bullshit. She says there's a metaphorical button In my mind, it's big and red. And many of us have our hands hovering above it, waiting for the impulse to strike. 
So sometimes in those behaviours we disconnect from ourselves or as we put it therapeutically, you, you hit the fuck it button and you think, fuck it, what have I got to lose? <laughs> and you can almost hear people say, fuck it. I mean, I hear it all the time in therapy, yeah. but I, I hear it in my own head when I think I'm going to get those pair of shoes, I'll fuck it, you know. <laughs> and so it's kind of like throwing caution to the wind and the mind is very good at justifying it. In the moment, the mind is very clever. You'll find every reason under the sun to make this okay. I was really young and I didn't know myself very well. My need to have a family was bigger than my need to find the right person to have a family with. This is Maddie. She was married, had two small children and felt really isolated as a new mum. And it's right there in that vulnerable spot that something very unexpected happens. I started having kids really young, so I didn't have any friends my age with children. And I met a woman in mother's group who I became very good friends with. And I, over time, fell in love with her and we slept together. Um, it contributed to the unravelling of my marriage, for sure. When did the affair actually begin in your mind? Well, affairs are tricky things to define, I guess, emotionally and erotically. <laughs> they don't necessarily have to include physical intimacy. I guess we were so reliant on each other and so interdependent in our being young mothers, you know. It wasn't physical mm. until... I think it was four years. So four years after I met her and we had been really close friends, mm. we it tipped over into something physical one night. Did your husband notice how big she was in your life? Oh, yeah. We, were, we did everything together, yeah. I don't think he knew that it was quite that deep until after I told him that we had slept together. How did you tell him about your affair? We were lying in bed and I buried my face in the pillow and kind of just in a very small voice told him. Um, yeah, and he kind of, you know, pieced a lot of the information together in his own head. Yeah, it wasn't fun. <laughs> it would have been different if it were a man. That would have been an absolute very clear deal breaker. Whereas because it was a woman, I feel like he felt less threatened, which seems ridiculous to me, but yeah. So I think, Maddie, that we've got this idea that men cheat and that's kind of predictable. It's not necessarily endorsed, but it's something that we, we kind of expect. But when women do it, it's a bit more um, mould-breaking. Do you agree? Yeah, I think we're held to a completely different standard. I feel like, of course, women cheat and I think it's pretty unfair how we're vilified in a pretty different way. Mm. Why, why do women cheat? Same reason anyone cheats because they need something else because there's a longing for something. I think people view cheating as this horrible thing and it is extraordinarily hurtful and it does really blow up families and it's not something that I recommend. But I do feel like it can be an indication of a cry for help that something needs to change. Does hitting this bucket button mean that you've destroyed everything? Or can you come back from that? 
Rebecca says, of course you can. Absolutely. We all we all hit the, the fuck it button in a hundred different ways, whether mm. it's the second piece of chocolate cake or... But generally, when we hit that fuck it button, what we're trying to do is numb out to something. It certainly doesn't mean that you're a bad person. We've got to get away from this idea of good and bad. We've got to get away from this blame and victimisation mm. model of looking at it. It's about needs. It's about... It just means you're imperfect and when when you come out the other side and step back, just trying to understand what happened. And in fact, this can be the gold. When you're working with people, this can be the, the real turning point where you realise, wow, if that hadn't have happened, I could have just, you know, mumbled along for the next 20 years. But it was in that crisis that the opportunity came to understand that there's part of me that really wants things that I haven't let myself feel or let myself do or mm. pursued. Why is that? Because this is my life. This is it. So, yeah. I ask Maddie, Megan and Selena if it's more shameful as a woman to cheat. Maddie is still totally in love with the woman that she met at Mother's Group. I don't feel any guilt about the affair. I think I'm grateful that it happened and I'm grateful that it rearranged my life in a really good way. Selena, who actually married the guy she had the affair with. And that's one of the things, you know, I was talking to my friends about doing this interview and she's like, well, you don't want to be, you know, promoting affairs. I said, no. I said, this is about me going like, it's not, I mean, I can't say it's not worth it because I have this great husband and child or that, but I would never go through that again, ever. I wouldn't wish that on my enemy because it's just horrible. And Megan, who's still in the thick of her affair. Men are allowed to mature out of their transgressions. You know, men are seen as having less control over their actions in this regard, whereas we, we, we aren't allowed to move on. We just have to look at Charles and Camilla's recent visit. Like, I heard people around the office say, you know, talk about Camilla in disparaging ways simply because she had been the other woman for so long. But he was cheating as well. Exactly, but it's all on her. It's with her for, for life. As you're listening to this, are you thinking, um, hey, ladies, what about the other party? We know that there's a whole other side to this and we totally agree it needs its own episode. So... Hands up if you've been cheated on. Was it painful? Was it actually totally liberating? Did you react in a strange, weird way? Could you get past it? Have you told absolutely not a soul what happened? Ladies, we want to hear from you. Email us at ladies at abc.net.au or call us 1300 641 222. And hey, if you've got a mate who hasn't heard this podcast yet, please grab their phone and hit the subscribe button in their podcast app. Damn, feels good to be back. Ladies is produced by a team of, well, awesome ladies. The show is mixed by Judy Rapley, produced by Cassandra Steeth and Liv Willis. Supervising producer is Madeline Jenner. Executive producer is Monique Bowley. With love to Claudine Ryan. The manager of Audio Studios is Kelly Reardon. And this is a production of ABC Audio Studios.